Just a real quick intro for Dean over at Platinum Star Games. It was my absolute pleasure to to speak with him and to reminisce about video games, teenage years, shared experiences. Yeah, so anyway, enjoy. All right, Dean. Thank you for joining me today. Absolutely. So, Platinum Star Games. Tell me a little bit more about how it started. Uh, So, when I was in college my junior and senior year i worked with this guy named mark and he owned a a comic book store in north jersey and working with him and learning a a lot about the the more business ownership side i it was just kind of something i decided that i I did want to do on my own um and then myself i lost my job actually a few years ago the place where i was working went out of business and yeah, and my uh, business partner is—he lost his job as well. The place that he was working got sold. Um, so we kind of came together and we were just sitting around one night. And we were like, "What if we just opened our own store?" <laughs> and then it took obviously it took some time, but then we kind of just just did that. Huh. That is a fascinating kind of origin story. <laughs> yeah. You know, like, uh, well, well, what if we do this? Well, yeah, what we have to do. So from start to finish, like conception to when it actually opened, about how long? Uh, it was a, about a year. Okay, so that's not a lot of time. Yeah, like I, I did, I learned a lot um, while I was in college. Like I said, and we knew that we couldn't stay not working for too long. Yeah. Um. So we didn't really have much of a choice where we had to move quickly if we if it was something we did in fact want to do. Um, and we did face some setbacks as well. There was a couple months where uh, we were going to open up at this location in uh, Jackson, actually. Okay. And uh, they told us that they were going to do this build out for us and all this stuff. And and this was it was three months almost that went by. And then mm-hmm. they said the owner just changed their mind. <laughs> so and that's that, it, was, just that was a big on the setback. Deal. Yeah. Wow. I mean, that's not unheard of. I've heard horror stories like that before, and three months is no small amount of time. No, no. So how'd you recover from that? Uh, we kind of got lucky. Um, the, the place that we're at now was a different business, and they just decided that they were going to leave. <laughs> so we actually sublet it from, from them. And uh, oh. the way that our store was situated, it was, uh, it was already set up where it felt like homey, kind of, mm-hmm. based on what the previous business was. So it didn't take that much to change into a, a, a game store. Interesting. So what was the initial concept in games? Was it always going to be TCG and tabletop, or was it going to be land party-esque? So we we were talking about this earlier. There was that place in Howell called Gamers Planet, yep. where I had spent a ton of my time as a, a kid playing on their computers and their consoles. Uh, so I wanted to kind of do that aspect of it. And mm-hmm. Jack, my business partner, he was already playing uh, Magic the Gathering, and all of his friends were really into that. So we kind of decided to like combine those ideas. Um, and then instead of gaming computers, because we did look into that, but 
one, they take up a lot of space. Um, yeah. Two, they're very costly to get that many uh, Especially builds. now. Yeah, exactly. Um, the way that graphics cards are and things. Uh, <laughs> so we kind of decided to go a more console route with that. Okay. Um, and then we bought all the tables and had all the space where you could... There's, there's always space where people can play uh, Magic the Gathering and Dungeons & Dragons, Warhammer, Star Wars X-Wing, all that stuff. Oh, wow. So you cater to pretty much anybody who wants to come in, set up, and be a good person. <laughs> yes. I didn't expect to hear Warhammer or um, X-Wing, honestly. Yes. Like, so huh. the X-Wing community, we, didn't, we never had like a huge group for that, um, but we, we stocked the product when it first came out. And Warhammer, we're more on a, a by-order basis, but we used to have, every Thursday night, we used to have a bunch of people that would just come in for open play. And we do do have and, and did have uh, these really really big tournaments in the summer, which I'm I'm hoping that we're going to get back this year, um, where it's called an apocalypse tournament and mm-hmm. it takes up the entire store. Everybody just brings in holy crap everything that they have and they they all play together and it's the entire day. That sounds amazing. <laughs> it, it's pretty wild. Yeah, my experience with Warhammer was painting figures, mm-hmm. you know, assembling the pewter and now plastic and 3D printing them and painting them. I never actually played. I've seen people play, and it just seemed like a lofty goal. It's definitely one of those kind of easy-to-learn, hard-to-master games, not un- unlike, you know, Magic or anything. I did, I, yeah, I played Magic, too. Yep. I haven't played since probably 2015. Yeah, that's, that's not too bad. It, it's pretty easy to get back into the game. It's quite expensive to get back into the game, too. Uh, it can be, but, I mean, there are, there's the format Commander now, which everybody loves, and decks are as cheap as, like, $20. Okay. And you can... You can play with everyone. Interesting. So it's not like it used to be where you come in with the standard deck and then have to uh, build out so you don't get trounced. <laughs> right, right. I mean, it's, it's like any hobby. You can put a ton of money into it or you could buy a $20 deck and just show up and have fun with your friends. That's true. I went to a couple drafts at uh, some other places. I'm dotted all over New Jersey with friends. Mm-hmm. And I sucked at those. So I'm a bad <laughs> example. Drafting is, is hard. I'll give you the secret. Just take all the flying creatures and removal and then you're good to go. Fair enough. <laughs> Fair you'll, enough. You'll never lose again. Okay, noted. I'm going to come to you for coaching. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Let's see here. Well, you were talking about challenges before, like setbacks and opening. What about mm-hmm. since you've been open? Uh, well, obviously, COVID hit us pretty good yep. because we were forced to close as a uh, non-essential business. Um, and what people, I think, didn't realize is like bills don't stop during those times. You still have to pay for electricity and you still have to keep the heat on. You can't just let the place... Still liable for your lease. Yep, all that, right. Lease, internet, you still pay for phone service. You're not Mm going to turn any any of that stuff off. So it was obviously quite costly to keep the place open with with no cash flow whatsoever. Um, We did sell some stuff online to try and alleviate some of that, Mm -hmm. but it still was was not easy. And even now, um, the the Warhammer community hasn't really come back, and we don't really have the D&D games played there like we used to. We have some, and they are starting to come back as well. Um, and, you know, now we, we have smaller Super Smash Brothers tournaments and where people are still required okay. to wear masks. We used to rent out the karate studio next door and have huge Smash tournaments. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and now we uh, haven't really been able to do that, and I'm not sure that we're going to be able to. So our tournaments have gotten a little bit smaller. But I hope everybody starts to get the itch to go out and get more comfortable, test the water safely first, and then... Yes, and it's definitely happened where we had uh, the Magic Set, the Kamigawa Neon De- Dynasty came out a few uh-huh. weeks ago. We had a pretty large pre-release on uh, Friday night, and then we had almost 20 people on Saturday also. 
Oh, wow. Yeah, so that's... Is that about average for uh, Friday, or is that a release? Uh, so, yeah, for our pre-release, we had... Uh, it was like 37 people. <laughs> wow. And, yeah, we usually get around around 40. Yeah, and what's occupancy? Um, our, well, we have 2,600 square feet. Okay, so you're sizable. Yeah. Yeah, so we yeah. have plenty of room. Okay, and we so had you it. can host. Like, oh, yeah. Big, yeah. Yeah, for Super Smash, we would cap it at 128. And Throne of Eldraine, we have these, like, two kind of private-ish rooms. And we had uh-huh. so many people that we had rearranged those as well so that people could play in there. So kind of walk me through the layout of it, how you have it set up. Yep, so you walk in. First of all, a lot of game stores and, and these types of stores are usually, like, kind of darker, a little dingy maybe. But this <laughs> place, when I saw it, I was... And Jack as well. Like we were like, all right, this this is it because we wanted a, a game store that was like bright and open. And when parents drop off their younger kids, they felt comfortable. So you walk in, big open layout. There's what used to be a displayed kitchen where we took all the cabinet doors off. So those are our shelves, um, granite countertop, <laughs> and then we have a functioning electric fireplace with a big TV over it, big nice. comfy uh, leather couch, and a, a whole. A lot of uh, a lot of tables just in the front section. Then when you go to the back, uh, to your left, there's a bunch of couches and three TVs, larger TVs, where we have uh, various consoles set up. Uh, Xbox One. There's a there is a Wii U hooked up, a um, a Retron Five that can play a bunch of classic games, 360, all all those. Nice. And then we have two rooms. One we used to have VR. However, with the VR system, people would unplug it, yeah. move it around, and it became a, a real hassle to try to maintain it. Um, so right now, that's used for uh, people to stream out of, and we stream our Smash tournaments on uh, Wednesday nights, and we stream our Smash tournaments, our big Smash tournaments also. And then there's another private room, which kind of right now is just mostly storage, but uh, we've had people play in there as well. We've had computers set up in there. Um, and then our products, we have on the right wall is all of our, our video games, uh, mm-hmm. Amiibos, controllers, accessories. So you function as retail also? Yes. Nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and at the front counter, we have all our, our, our loose magic cards, loose Pokemon cards. And then behind the counter, of course, is all the boxes and sealed product. Interesting. So if people were going to bring like their frag box in and uh, want to set up that you have space for them? Yes. Yeah, we've had ideas for, <laughs> for doing lock-ins again. Like the Gamers Planet used to, and yeah, even just the other day, someone came in and was like, "Oh man, I, I used to go to the Gamers Planet." He's like, "You guys can totally do this stuff," and I was like, "Yep, that's <laughs> that was a big part of where we got the idea from." Listen, the inspiration is there. Yep, um, I enjoyed going to the Gamers Planet. Yeah, it was a, it was a fun time. But oh yeah, at that time, I think they suffered from a little bit of, I don't know, the the trend of games was very much going to your man cave and in, in your you know in your hole, and not really socialize. It was going away from that, you know, participating online the way that you felt like it. Yeah, and it's kind of a shame, because all gaming, really, there's not a lot of couch co-op games left. Not anymore, no. And even even when it comes to, like, racing games, which I love racing games, like, half the time you look at it, and if it's, you can't play with the person sitting next to you, I'm not buying that. Yeah, that it, I'm just trying to think, oh, Crystal Chronicles was the last one that, my friends and I were excited for, and then that got delayed, and it got reworked, and it's not co-op next to each other. It's only online, and mm-hmm. it was just a no. It's a major yeah. factor. No, yeah. If everybody has to have a console to play the game, uh, I don't know. 
And it's different. The LAN parties that we used to do, yeah, like everybody could sit at their own computer, but you know, you hook them all up, a monitor, but five hundred everybody having to have their own five hundred dollar console and then buy your own sixty dollar game just kinda Yeah, I definitely can see that, but and then you were streaming. What kind of streaming were you doing? Uh so primarily we stream our Smash tournaments on uh Wednesday nights onto uh on Twitch. And then our, our big tournament gets streamed as well. And I yeah. So so yeah, on, on March twenty sixth our big monthly Smash tournament is most likely going to be streamed on one of the bigger Smash uh, streaming platforms, uh, nice. VGBC. That's a big one. Yeah. Yeah, so if that happens, we're going to get a lot of, a lot more views than normal, a lot more names will see that. I mean, not not that we don't have the names anyways. I mean, we've had uh, Nairo, Tweak, DeBuzz, really? all those guys at, at the store before. Yep. Nice. That's fantastic. Do you do any reach outs like that? Trying to get um, people in is kind of a, you know, like a, an event, a signing, a, maybe not a signing, like a chat and BS. Uh, sometimes they kind of just show up on their own. Um, and the context of, uh, of who we have, uh, Master Hand Gaming, they, they know all those guys. And so they kind of bring them in for us. Interesting. Mm-hmm. But yeah, when Nairos was there, he, you know, very cool guy. He'll talk to anyone. Sit, he sat down and people lined up and they could play with him so yeah i don't know if i would talk with him i don't know if i would do that yeah <laughs> <laughs> like oh let me get wrecked in 30 seconds yeah yeah the skill gap is pretty insane for games like that but it's still smash a brothers, cool experience it is and smash brothers is one of those games where um you think you're good and then you 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 face the next level and you're not good yeah yeah i definitely remember when i was younger playing super smash brothers brawl and it's like oh i'm so good and then you go to a tournament and you get absolutely destroyed and you're like yep. well i was not as good as i thought i didn't even make it past first round awesome yeah when i got <laughs> to college though i was i was pretty good i did all Fair right enough. at our our little local tournaments nice so do you compete in the tournaments how do they how do you oh, run no, it? not anymore no no okay no i just facilitate there you go mm-hmm. it's a means that i would use to save my pride Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. And I've played with some of the guys, and I know I could beat a few of them, but mm-hmm. for the most part, I would not. <laughs> the results would not be uh, the best. <laughs> so now, do you work with any partners to set these up? Uh, yeah, so the Smash tournaments, like I said, is, is Master Hand Gaming. Mm-hmm. They come in and they help us out with that. And then uh, the other little inter- internal tournaments is just just whatever we do. Okay. And forgive me for stuttering. Um, D and D, you said you were hosting those, and the community hasn't really bounced back like it did. Yeah, so we do have a couple groups that have come back now, okay. and it's probably on us a little bit. We should probably we have this thing, and D and D has this thing. It's called the Adventures League, mm-hmm. and it's preset basically, and it's meant for people that you know maybe they want to play D and D, but they can't really play every week or. They're just learning D&D, or even their experience, but they want to just try and, you know, play every once in a while. Um, okay. So it's, that's really good for the whole spectrum of players. And then we'll have, like, a, the house DM, basically. Um, and then we, and they uh, facilitate the story and help people with their characters and all that stuff. So that, okay, that was so actually something really good that Wizards installed. Yeah, and people can come to you knowing nothing and then get started. Have you ever streamed any of those? Uh, no, no, we haven't. We've thought about it, and we do have a person that comes to the store pretty regularly who has the camera equipment to do so. 
mm-hmm. and we were stream uh well we were recording like uh when we were playing magic and things like that so that's definitely something that we could do in the, the future yeah it's definitely something that i've seen become a lot more popular recently especially now mm-hmm. yeah with the critical role and the the show that they have on <laughs> amazon now so and Stranger Things really brought D&D back for a lot of people also. Yeah, you would never think that. Mm-hmm. But now all of a sudden, pop culture again. Yep. Last time I played was a long time ago. I played Vampire Masquerade not too long ago. Probably like, eh, probably 2014, 2015. Gotcha. That was fun. It wasn't the same. It felt familiar. But yeah, it's ever, it's ever evolving. Yeah. That one was a little bit weirder. Yeah, now they have the ones where uh, they mix with the, the world of Magic the Gathering and stuff, so. And then, didn't Magic just do a uh, Street Fighter mashup? Yes, one of their secret layers. Yeah, that's hilarious. Mm-hmm. There's <laughs> going to be a set coming out that's uh, mixed with Lord of the Rings also. And there's going okay, to be... an back into Magic? Yeah, and there's going to be an entire Commander deck that's uh, Magic with uh, Warhammer as well. Magic is own, it's Wizards own still, right? Yes, Wizards, of, okay. Wizards of the Coast and Hasbro. Okay, and then Wizards has Warhammer as well, mm-hmm. if I recall. So they're just kind of flexing out, see what they could get into. Yeah, yeah. The more you, you know, the more different audiences you target. That's how this this whole secret lair thing with uh, you know, they started with The Walking Dead, which people weren't necessarily the biggest fans of that. I didn't even know they did that. Yeah, and now they've gone into they have Stranger Things and Street Fighter and uh, Arcane the the League of Legends show. Huh, it's funny how that branches out. Okay, so what are the plans, like, not concrete, but things you want to do in the coming year? Uh, well, I want it to, especially come summertime, I'm going to hope that we can bring back uh, Warhammer and make that a little bit more consistent for those guys, um, because I'm sure they've been looking for a home. Um, yeah. We're going to flesh out exactly, we're going to start doing our our monthly tournaments for smash probably on a more consistent basis um starting starting with this month and then we are going to i'm I'm working with someone who does have the film equipment like i said and we're going to figure out what exactly what content we're going to start filming and putting out there what platform all that stuff there's a lot more that goes into it than just like film it and put it on the internet yeah which even i didn't you know necessarily realized when we first started making our youtube channel i was like well this is a lot more work than i thought it would be exceptionally a lot yeah we have our our, we have our magic nights which are going really well and then uh especially in the in the summertime they'll only get busier so i think a lot of things are gonna start changing getting a little bit more busy oh yeah at least i hope yeah and things are starting to feel more more normal though yeah so how did it feel for you guys when you were you got the okay to open up you know, masks in person, be mm-hmm. safe, social distance. How'd you handle it? Yeah. So like you said, uh, when we first opened, um, it was basically just like pick up. Uh, if you wanted something, message us, come, you know, we'll get it to you one way or another. And then a few people would hang out and yeah, wear masks, stay away from each other, that whole deal. Um, and then it kind of just happened naturally. You know, people get more comfortable and then people would play games together at the same table yeah. or or we'd put two tables in, in between people. And uh yeah, then then once at the end there when people were getting that that extra the extra money and the fact that a lot of people got back into collecting stuff and back into retro stuff while everything was shut down, mm-hmm. that that 
kind of helped us in a way because a lot of the stuff became more expensive that we had already owned for a while. Oh, so now you're talking about more profit. So yeah, at least we were able to get a little bit more profit out of some of our older games and consoles and things like that. And Pokemon cards, that whole craze went insane. So Yeah. That market's starting to level out now also, which is, is good and bad. It's good for you know the general collector that wants to collect. Um and it's honestly it's not bad for us though either, because prices need to be at a a comfortable place for us to buy and to sell. Yeah, you could choke yourself to death with the novelty, the hyper novelty mm-hmm. as it goes. Exactly. All of a sudden everybody's involved and they're buying and it the price is going up and then you hit a point where the casual person like myself mm-hmm. just there's no the barrier to entry is too high. Exactly. Yeah. So I'm glad to see a little bit of stabilization coming in. Yeah, the bubble kind of uh popped at this point. Yeah. I when I first noticed that going on, I was taken aback because I walked into a Target and there was like a line of 15 people from the mm-hmm. ages of like 17 to 40, had to be at least, and they were all just waiting for the guy at Target to open the box of Pokemon cards. Mm-hmm. Like, what in the world is going on? Right. Yeah, and then, and then people, uh, you know, Target, Walmart, they, they pulled the product off the shelves yep. for a while because people were going yeah, so did. crazy for it. And even, even now, Pokemon is still hard to get from distributors. Is it? Mm-hmm. Huh. But it does last on the shelf for more than two days now, so <laughs> I mean at least when hey. we get it, we, we have it for a little while. And do you sell well you said you sold online. Uh we only sell a little bit on uh on, on okay. like eBay and we're working on uh right now we're redoing our organizational system for our magic cards. Mm-hmm. And so at some point in the near future we will get on to uh TCG player. But that's been a, a big undertaking also. It is a big undertaking. Yeah. No, any aspirations about setting up a website for the retail section? Uh, we've thought about it, and I've talked to a lot of people. Um, as far as online retail for through your own website, it's it's complicated, obviously, but it's yeah. it's a lot to uh, to up to keep up with. Trying to list constantly list products and things, and take down products as they sell and stuff. So maybe if there was like a Shopify type thing, we could do. Um, believe it or not, we actually got on Wish for a little bit. <laughs> really? And they, yeah, and they didn't charge anything to. It was kind of like, if you hear it, it sounds too good to be true, because they don't take anything. Like, if you, as long as you have their products where people can come pick it up, mm-hmm. you can buy or well, you can sell your stuff, and they don't take a penny. Really? Yeah. So that was kind of funny, but we don't we don't do that anymore. Yeah, the world went a little bit nuts with the drop shipping, also. Yeah, wish the uh, Banggood mm-hmm. and who yep. else? Shopify, yeah, Shopify. AliExpress. That's the one. Yeah, Al- yeah, yeah. It started as just the Alibaba announced that AliExpress also. Okay. Oh, how about this one? Mm-hmm. If not Platinum Star Games, what would you be doing? Uh, I'd probably be probably be selling you selling cars, used yeah. or otherwise. Yeah. Did you do that before? I did. Uh, right out of college, I sold Mini Coopers. Nice. And then Where I, were you at? Uh, I was at uh, Regatina in okay. uh, Ocean. Yep, I know it. Yep, it, it's no longer in business as well. <laughs> and then I went to, from there I went to NRG Home Solar and then sold solar as well. And they're also no longer in business. So, But ah, the world okay. of car sales is always, I, I, I love cars, like it's my other passion. Fair enough. Well, uh, you mentioned racing before. Yeah, yeah. So. I'd probably just be selling cars. Nice. And then 
Does that tie into your educational background? Uh, no, uh, not really. <laughs> I studied uh, <laughs> environmental science at Ramapo. Um, but I wanted to work for Tesla. I see. Yeah. Do they have, um, they have dealers here, but I don't know if they're like first party dealers. Yeah, it, it's kind of weird how Tesla works. But they, they're opening a new dealership in Ocean. Not, not that they need the advertising, but... Um, yeah, they <laughs> can't so. hurt. No, no, definitely not. So, yeah, who knows? Maybe in the future, that's still where I'll go. Maybe. So is, is Platinum Star your full-time gig? Uh, yes. It is? Yeah, I, and I work okay. uh, part-time at uh, an axe-throwing place also. Is it the one in Freehold? Uh, bury, it is Bury the Hatchet, but it's in, it's in Tom's River. Okay. So it's interesting. You're kind of like a jack of all trades. Yeah. Yeah, I've got my hands in a lot of cookie jars. <laughs> it's better that way. Mm-hmm. It really is. Would your partner jack the same thing? Uh, he does the store full-time. Okay. Yep. So what are the hours? Uh, we're open 2 to up, uh, about 10 o'clock at night every day, except for Thursdays. We are closed. Okay. But with it being a gaming store, you know, I say 10 p.m., but... <laughs> It can go, you know, you know how it is. When you're playing with your friends, you kind of get get a little distracted. Sounds like it's a pretty good gig. What are the like key challenges that you deal with day to day running the business? Day to day, well, sure. So in our field, and you working at GameStop, I'm sure can relate to this too. It's always the people that bring in stuff that is either, you know, when it's missing the game, <laughs> mm-hmm. or when they have a console that they're like, oh yeah, it works, and it doesn't. Or the broken controllers, and um, and the same thing we face with with magic cards, where people bring in like you know a thousand magic cards, and they're like, "Here, can I trade these in?" And it's like, "It's eleven sure. cents, dude." Yeah, exactly. But <laughs> yeah. then people are like, "But I have some cards in there that are worth this and that," and it's like, "Well, you have to. If you want me to take in a massive collection, like I'm not going to take the time to sit there and go through them all." Some people understand that. Some people don't. Um, and then with Pokemon. Yeah where it was kind of this, a similar situation, although the prices have gone so crazy for some cards, then people bring in this, you know, $1,000 Charizard, and they're like, okay, well, I want $1,000 for it. And it's like, well, it's not really how this works. <laughs> I might give you 50%, because exactly. then i got to sit on it, mm-hmm. and yeah, right. who knows if it's going to actually sell. I'm taking a gamble here. Right, right. It's, it's what is our time worth? versus how long is that card going to sit there or should I just try and flip it online but and the the thing is everybody has access to a lot more now than we did when we were younger trading and selling games and cards there's so many resources so everybody knows exactly what their product is worth and then the other problem is eBay where people can list a 12 cent Pokemon card for $1000 and just because it's listed for that doesn't mean it's going to sell for that but it's really hard to explain that to people sometimes. Yep, I've seen that in other things, other fields. Well, yeah. <laughs> and then, it, <laughs> then it becomes your fault. And you kind of got to just wish them well and, you know, have a good one. I'm sorry, I can't help you. Yeah. And then, I, but, you know, there's also people, this older gentleman came in, he had sports cards, which we don't deal with, but he had some Pokemon cards. And I was like, you know, this is what I can do for you. And he's like, well, I bet that's 50%. And I was like, yeah. And he's like, okay. <laughs> so I was like, great. Thank you. Like, some people get it. Like, they're like, yeah, we know you got to sit on these cards. You got to sleeve them up. You got to make sure they're in the right condition. And you got to get them to the people that want some of those higher end cards. And it's it's not always the easiest. People don't walk in every day wanting a $700 card. 
No. I mean, I could tell you that building out a deck in 2013, mm-hmm. um, standard, what was it? Red, white. I think it was just red and white. Mm-hmm. The premier card in the deck, they were $25 each, and that, that hurt. Yeah. It's not like I didn't budget for it, but it was most of the budget for the deck. Yeah, and the problem with the format you're referring to is standard. Those cards are very expensive, and you need them right then. Yep. And a lot of times, once that format or once that deck is no longer played or those cards rotate out, they become worth almost nothing. And sometimes it hurts your wallet. <laughs> it does hurt your wallet, and especially trying to play standard, trying to play competitive. Yeah. Um, you got, what, two years tops? And then... I don't know. You yeah. can wind up going to the tournament, and uh, no, we banned that card because uh, you know community rules say it's overpowered. Yeah. Well, that's what happened with uh, Throne of Eldraine. I mean, there was more cards banned out of that set than I-, I think it was like the six previous sets combined. Really ramped it up a little too hard. Yeah. Well, actually, today is today is March third, which is a Oko day. They said because it's a three three. I don't know. Are, were you familiar with that card, the Planeswalker Oko? No. So a th- three mana planeswalker that can turn any creature or artifact into uh, a three three elk with no other abilities as a as a plus on him. That takes me back. I gotta come visit. Yeah. Absolutely. And so many people have shifted over to Commander just because you can use cards from like the beginning of time as far as magic is concerned. So your standard deck that you used to have that you know if you well, unless you used to like Golos, but if you like the Gates thing and you could do well you could do that. If you like if you only have cards from, you know, you played 20 years ago, well, you could probably still put a deck together. Interesting. It's, it's, a, it's really cool. And I, I grew up playing, I played mostly Pokemon when I was younger. Yeah. Oh, you get along with my wife. Yeah. <laughs> so, and then I, I would go to a few tournaments and stuff like that. And uh, I never really got into the magic scene. So it's, it's interesting to like, to see how they differ. Because Pokemon has like an extended format, but nobody plays it. But... Magic, I mean, if I had cards, which I do have a few cards just from collecting when I was a kid, and, you know, you want to throw those into a deck now and play, like, you can do that, and it's it's pretty cool. The format that a lot of people were getting into when I was getting out, that was kind of like, that was um, EDH. Yep, yeah, same thing, yep. EDH Commander. Same thing, yep. Oh, so that's, they're just calling it Commander now. Yeah. It started as EDH because that was Elder Dragon Highlander, um, so now they've just changed it to you know, you can use any legendary creature. It doesn't have to be one of the Elder Dragons as your commander. Oh, I could sit here and talk to you for hours about that. Yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> and then come in and play Smash. Smash, Magic, Pokemon. Okay. All right, Dean, we'll wrap that up there. Um, if there's anything you sure. want to plug, you can plug it. I'll put it in. Um, like I said, our next big Smash tournament will be March 26th. Just go on uh, Smash GG if, if you want to pre-register. All, everything's done online. All the payments, everything. I don't know what big names we'll get, but there will be a couple, probably. And as far as that goes, no new Magic set's coming out for a little while, so we can take a breath about that. And then, there, well, there will be the uh, the joke set on April Fool's Day. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah, we're coming up The next that. unset. Which has some beautiful lands in it. Those uh, space lands, and they're See, now reprinting shock lands in that as well. So, that'll be, that'll be really big collector-wise. And we'll have a draft for it also. Thank you for meeting with me. Yeah, absolutely. I'm sorry I took up more time than I promised. Oh, no, it's all good. That's I could talk about games and all that stuff for hours. Appreciate it. It's like visiting, well, before I had kids and a wife. Yeah, same thing. Yep. All right, Dean. All right. You have a good day. Thanks, you too. No worries. Bye-bye.
All right, just a quick outro. For Dean over at Platinum Star Games, I want to thank everybody for listening. All his relevant information is going to be down in the description or in the show notes, wherever you're finding this. Um, I'll have it linked on the Instagram, Facebook, locals, so you can easily reach out. And I want to invite everybody, when you get a chance, to check him out. So again, thank you. My name is Mark with Maker Movements. This has been Rude Business. Bye-bye.